Hi, and welcome to Coco Disaster. I'm Chorpsaway. And I'm Zane Zero. And today, it's time to put away thoughts of winter, as we look forward to the blooming of the spring anime season. Hooray! It's finally getting to the point where it is uncomfortable to live (laughs) in my part of the country, so what better way to spend it but inside thinking about anime? It's just finally starting to get pleasant over on this side of the country. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, um, the the Southwest is getting about 90 already. Not happy about it. That's terrifying. <laughs> yep, it sure is. But anyways, so yeah, we're here to talk about the upcoming spring season. Uh, shows start pretty soon, I think right at the beginning of April. And I gotta say, this is kind of a stacked season, like... I'm looking forward to a lot of stuff. And to be fair, a lot of it is, like, adaptations. But still, it feels like there's a lot more going into this that I'm also, like, kinda interested in, in comparison to a lot of other seasons. Yeah, this season seems to have a lot more stuff in it than uh, than past seasons, so there's gonna be a lot more good stuff in it. Yeah, I'm making a lot more hard choices on what I plan to watch and what I don't (laughs) right off the gate. But yeah, we'll make it through. But before we talk about all of these great shows that we're alluding to, uh, let's just talk about some new stuff. There wasn't a ton, I feel like, this season, as far as, like, big announcements or happenings. But we do have a couple of... Or we have a, we have a, a few, like, anime announcements that are kind of interesting that we can talk about. First off, we have an announcement already for the Net- Netflix US premiere of Violet Evergarden, and that's April 5th. Oh, right. They're just gonna dump it all on us. Yeah, I I actually, because it's like a a 14-episode thing, is that before the final episode airs? It might be one week before it, maybe? Yeah, we're on episode 11 right now, so it's gonna drop, I think, before we reach the end of the series. That's interesting. Dub watchers might be able to watch the ending before sub watchers. What world is this? Yeah, weird. But like, you know, it it is continuing what we had, we have talked about before is sort of like I think Netflix is starting to get the sort of like turnaround on these shows a bit better. Yeah. Like they're still they're still not doing what people what a lot of fans want, but they are improving the the speed at which they they release these backlog shows. And so maybe we can look forward to at least a compromise of like very quick follow-up for this dub and everything. They definitely do seem to be putting in a lot of effort into the dubs. Yeah, and I <laughs> it's still weird that they won't let us simuldub when like other English speaking uh territories like Canada and the UK do. But like I don't know. I I don't know the analytics behind it. I don't know what they've talked about, but we're still, it's still improving, right? So there's that. Um, Just some other uh, general announcements. Uh, After, goodness, um, like seven years or so uh, since the last episode aired, we're getting a third season of Chihaya Furu, which is still being done at Madhouse, I think with most of the same staff. So that's pretty cool. That's one of those things where, like, I feel like it had been so long since the last season that they may not have gone back to it, since it's a long-running manga series. But it's cool to see 
that that's happening because that opens the door for other series that are sort of like in the same place where it's like, oh, we ended at a cliffhanger or like, you know, the end of an arc, but we still have so much more story to do that they might see uh, later adaptations. They'll bring back the Bobobo anime. Finally, <laughs> the thing we've all been waiting for. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, it's just cool that they're willing to do stuff like, and we've seen a little more of that too, like older series getting new productions and like finalized versions of their stories. So it, it's cool. I'm glad that this sort of stuff is happening. Yeah, I've heard Chiarafu you were is very good. And I'm glad yes. this good. I pronounced it right. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty good, <laughs> so I'm glad that uh that folks that are fans of it get a chance to see that story keep going. Yeah. Um we have a date for the second um the second Godzilla movie by um uh Genorucci. So that's coming out May eighteenth. And speaking of Genorobuchi, they've finally announced the when the uh, second season of Thunderbolt Fantasy is coming out. It's October. Oh, cool. So this year. Wow. Yep. He's pretty busy then. I feel like he's doing a lot of stuff. Yeah. Because there's at least one more Godzilla movie coming out in this, like, franchise with uh, Polygon Pictures. Huh. So Netflix streamed the film worldwide, like, two months after the first one released in, like, November. So maybe we'll see something around, like, July or August as a turnaround for this new one, which is apparently, like, Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla, but in space. So, like, I don't know, that could be cool. That sounds pretty cool. Yeah, so, uh, the only thing I've really heard about it is it's kinda dumb, but in a really entertaining way. So, you know, I think there, you know, there's probably something for Godzilla fans there. Yeah, that's kinda neat. We have uh, Kunihiko Ikuhara, the uh, director of Revolutionary Girl Utena, and uh, Yurikuma Arashi, and Mawaru Penguin Drum, has announced the, the, title and, the title and studio for his next project. So, at Studio Mappa, he'll be doing a series called Sarazanmai, I believe it's pronounced. Which, uh, not a lot has been done for it. There have been, like, a couple, um, like, commercial spots for it that don't maybe leave more questions than answers, but that's sort of his style, as it were. But, uh, yeah, so, interesting to see Ikuhara back. I, I feel like the more shows he does, the less I am interested in his work, but I know there are a lot of people that really like what he does in terms of storytelling, so it'll be, if nothing else, exciting to see what he does. It will be a spectacle of some sort. Yeah. It will certainly be uh, impenetrable and look beautiful. <laughs> um, we have announced that we are getting a TV anime and mobile game based off of that time I got reincarnated as a slime, the light novel series. There's like four of those. Which puts us one step closer to a series, a full TV series based on the time I got reincarnated as a vending machine. Oh god. That that got localized. Help. It did. <laughs> it did. I think the the reincarnated as a spider one did too. <sighs> Look, every every step we take into the Isekai genre means one step closer to getting the TQ authors uh taking a dump in a fantasy world toilet. <laughs> which means, which is all I've, this, that's endgame. Oh that's endgame for me. <laughs> um, then we have 
a, a reveal for the Cabinary of the Iron Fortress sequel movie called the Unato Decisive Battle. So that's cool. Um, it definitely feels like uh, Cabinary of the Iron Fortress, the TV series, was uh, overstuffed in terms of what it wanted to do as a story. So maybe with a movie, it can do a little more of that. It can do sort of a smaller, self-contained story that just, you know, returns us to the world of Attack on Titan with zombies. I thought the show was pretty good, so I'm, I'm pretty excited uh, for a sequel movie. <laughs> and it's listed as a middle volume, so supposedly more's going to come out later. That makes it sound like this is going to be set up for season two. Yeah, that could be cool. Uh, what studio always does good work in terms of animation, so I'm pretty excited. Um, we have a couple of announcements for the, the Boogie Pop light novel series. Uh, first of all, that it's getting two new manga. It's getting a new anime. And uh, the current right holders, I think Seven Seas, is doing a re-release of all of the um, first six light novels, some of which have never made it to English back when I think Tokyo Pop was handling it. So that's pretty cool for fans of that series. Neat. Yeah. I kind of missed the Boogie Pop train when it would have been big, but it, it's something that with all of this attention going to it, it's like, oh, maybe I could go back to it. So keeping that in mind. Ace Attorney's getting a second season. Yep. Looks like it's going to be based on the third game. So we are no longer waiting for Godot. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of surprising, like, the opinion around the first season and some of the, like, the, the quality stuff made it seem like they might not get a second season. But it seems to have done well enough, like, and Ace Attorney is still a popular franchise, so. Yeah, from what I remember, uh, the second season, the first series got a lot better as it went on. It, it started out rough and got better over time. Yeah, and so, you know, maybe this is a chance to sort of, like, you know, do this third game justice. I don't assume that it's going past that. I assume if they did Apollo Justice, they'd do it as its own season. Yeah, I, I either that or they're going to drop the bomb at the end of the, the first season and be like, oh, we're also adapting Apollo Justice, and that's the next core. But I kind of doubt right. that. So maybe, but so this is probably going to be like 13 episodes. But that's still cool, you know? Uh, Godot is neat, and it'll be cool to see him animated. And he'll finally have a voice that isn't Hideki Kamiya. Well, we don't know that. They haven't announced who's voicing him yet. <laughs> they might bring back Kaneki Kamiya. They could really play into that in a lot of ways. And th look, the best part about this is inevitably Crunchyroll is going to do localized subs for this series. And people are going to get real mad. <laughs> Why? Because the source for the, um, for the, the filthy, filthy pirates who would steal this anime, they exclusively used the localized subs and did not provide an alternative option. So people got real, real mad. <laughs> Let me tell you, I brought a smile to my face every time they got so mad that his name is Phoenix Wright. Oh, but the localized subs are great. That's the whole goofy part of the game. Yeah, it's awesome. I look, I don't get it. I don't get what they're getting at. I think it's great. <laughs> then, in another Madhouse return for a series I thought they'd never come back to, Madhouse is going back and doing a Kaiji spin-off series. Uh, so, it's not a continuation of the Kaiji story, which I guess makes sense. They're not too many games along from where they were when they finished the second season. 
back in what uh 2008 i think but they're doing a side series on yukio tonegawa who is i guess sort of like a villain he is an antagonist for sure in the story so it may be interesting to see what is done with that it's still done by um fukumoto the the kaiji creator so i'm sure that just as much like charm and personality is in it but i don't know what that means for actual story content Hmm. Um, Zoids is coming back. <laughs> what? Zoids is coming back. Uh, Takara Tomi, the, the, the toy company, has streamed a promotional video for the Zoids Wild anime. I can't believe Zoids is coming back. When was the last time there was a- Well, Zoids has al- have always been a popular toy. The toys have always existed. When's the last time that they did an anime? Was that 2006, maybe? It was a while ago. It's at least been a decade. That sounds right. I remember in middle school, or no, not even middle school. I think it was in grade school, waking up early before school just to watch Zoids. Yeah. So it has been a while. But yeah, they've got a they've got a full cast at um Oriental Light and Magic doing that work. And I mean, it looks definitely more kid-oriented, like maybe a little more like Gundam Build Fighters sort of Zoids series. It could still wind up being good. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that as like a, a judgment call of whether or not it's good or bad. I'm just saying like that's kind of what it looks like. But I guess that makes sense. You know, you're trying to get in a new a new generation of Zoids fans, which might mean we see more video games for Zoids. Oh man, a return of Zoids video games. A return of Zoids in general. It's just crazy it's nuts um after five years of what i assume are legal negotiations the high score girl anime has gotten a pv and an announcement for when it's coming out i think yeah i think it has literally been like five years since they first announced oh high score girl is gonna be in there and like high score girl like as like an arcade sort of like um manga has had other issues in the past for not asking the companies who hold the rights to these games whether or not they can be published. So, like, you know, High Score Girls had some troubles. But I'm kind of excited to see what the anime finally looks like, you know? Uh, do you know anything about High Score Girl? Um, vaguely. I know it's about, like, this girl who clowns this boy who's smug about video games at video games. Yeah, that's basically it. And they just play all kinds of sort of, like, real fighting games and stuff. Like, they play a lot of Street Fighter 2. Oh! And, like, Samurai Showdown and King of Fighters. A lot of SNK sort of stuff. And a lot of Capcom stuff. So, yeah, it's just... it. It's kind of neat. Uh, I... Personally, I have a little trouble getting into it because it's it's kind of ugly too, like the the manga, and the anime seems to be um uh, very close to that, but it's still something neat, like to have this finally come out after being announced, Lord knows how long ago. You know, we've had other shows like uh, Gamers has literally just footage of Arxis fighters in it because of the licensing, and this is a cool thing where they're doing that, but sort of like as a like a a love letter kind of thing to all of these games rather than like a promotional thing. Okay, yeah, that that does sound pretty interesting. Yeah, so it might be cute. Um Sorceress Stabber Orphan is getting a new TV anime? 
Yeah, that that happened. Yeah, it's been mm, 16 years, maybe 15 years since the last light novel came out. The anime was I think the late 90s and they had that um they had that PS2 game. <laughs> like Orphan I feel like was never popular as it were but was like just popular enough to keep getting attention maybe not in the west but like it's weird that it's coming back 16 years later but as we've discussed before like these sort of like revival things are neat if nothing else like you know new generation of fans and was there that are they still doing that orphan cross slayers light novel thing i don't know does that still exist (laughs) that might not exist anymore but that was something that was happening. But yeah, I don't know. Man, Orphan, huh? No one remembers Orphan, but they're bringing it back. And you know what? God bless them for it. Yeah, I I don't have anything to say. This is just really bizarre and weird. Yeah, it's it's weird. But you know, I'll look forward to it. And then the last anime thing that I wanted to talk about is uh, a couple years back, they announced an animated a- adaptation of, um, you know, A Girl Who Chants Love at the uh, Edge of the World, which is, like, the first modern visual novel, as it were, like, the one where, like, as a genre, it started being less about sort of, like, porn, and a lot more about, like, using the medium to tell a story. Oh. Like, it sort of invented, like, branching paths and, like, multiple ends for stories and stuff like that. How? So, it's, it's a pretty... Inf- influential thing. It came out like 96, I think. It came out for the PC-98. Okay, that that was what I was going to ask. How long ago did this game come out? Wow. That's over 20 years. Yeah. And so, um, I think previously they had like uh, an OVA series that's a-, a little heavier on sort of like the the sexual content of the game, but like with a TV anime, maybe they'll tone that down, maybe make it a little more approachable for modern audiences. And like, just the fact that it is sort of the progenitor of, like, visual novels makes me really interested in seeing what they end up doing with it. And they they finally just revealed, sort of, like, that they have a director, that they're going to depict all of the routes of the story, um, but we still don't have, like, a, a, a release date on it. But it's, it's cool. I, I think this is very neat, and so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I, I'm I'm curious about this as well now that you've brought this up. Yeah. Oh, uh, one more anime thing. Uh, Mob Psycho 100 second season has been uh, greenlit. It was it's it's starting production. Right. I almost forgot. Yeah, uh, Mob Psycho uh, 100 season two, which I don't know how long Mob Psycho season one is. Would that cover the rest of the story? Um, I feel like it would if it was too core. Okay. Because. Uh, even though it's only 101 chapters, uh, some of the chapters uh, lie about how long they are, as in there's like <laughs> 95.1, 95.2, etc. Like, that sort uh, of thing I mean, happens. That's a, very, that's a very sort of, like, one thing I feel, especially when it's like, you're making a web manga, so it's as long as you want it to be. Yeah, he, he wanted to end it on 101, but uh, gotta fudge the numbers. <laughs> he just... Hey, you know, whatever works. But yeah, I am, I'm cool. really yeah. excited for it. Yeah, if they get if if they can get the same team back, uh I I'm really excited because that's 
it is, if nothing else, like, it's just a, a spectacle of production. I'm pretty sure they do have the same staff. I, I'm pretty sure that's the case. Okay. So then, uh, just a couple video game news things. First of all, we have a release date for Little Witch Academia Chamber of Time, the most important anime video game adaptation coming out. And that's May 15th for the Americas and Europe on PS4 and Steam. Woo! And let me tell you, I am excited. I still don't know exactly what to expect from it, but the, um, the opening cinematic that it has shows off that you can play as all of the, the primary characters, including like Constance and like that, that group of characters. And Constance has a gun. So that's pretty <laughs> cool. Just like it has a shotgun as a weapon. Yeah. But yeah. So I, I'm excited. It seems cool. Yeah. You finally can play as Jasminka and maybe we'll get Jasminka character development. <laughs> wow. Finally. Um, we have a, a new Valkyrie profile. Uh, game coming out for uh, smartphones. It's not new. Is it not new? It's a port of the first game. Oh. I think that's still cool, right? Like, everyone likes Valkyrie Profile 1, so... I mean, that's true, but also it's a lot easier than getting a hold of a physical copy of the game. Yeah, and like, I saw a, a preview video for it, and the people who may be worried that they're gonna, like, the beef the presentation like it actually looks pretty good like it doesn't look like they've really messed with the pixel art or any of the like 3d effects it seems like it is very faithful in a way that like you know maybe uh maybe chrono trigger and such weren't yeah i get the feeling that that's because this is triace being uh faithful to their old products right instead of square enix being the sole people in charge of it Triace are probably, like, you know, giving it maybe the respect it deserves, which is nice. But still, that's cool. Um, I mean, a, a way to play Valkyrie Profile that is, like, pretty easy and also, you know, pro- uh, benefits the company is, that seems pretty nice. And, like, I don't know, I like mobile gaming because it's really easy. Yeah, I, I hope this gets a, a stateside release. Yeah, that'd be cool. Then we also have uh, Square Enix revealing another smartphone game uh, called Idle Fantasy, which is an idle raising game. And not related to Final Fantasy at all? I, I, well, the, okay, so you, so you raise the idols and they do performances. You don't have like a rhythm game for it, I don't think. But they also get like swords and shit and kill like monsters. So maybe it's a little Final Fantasy. Look. I was expecting that you would be raising the Final Fantasy characters as idols. Okay, that'd be cool. <laughs> that would be uh, pretty dope. But no, I think I think it's a reverse isekai, because the idea is that these are heroes from the fantasy world that are then turned into idols, and you blend their sword power and their music together to make them more powerful. I think that's how that works. I think that's what's happening. <laughs> that's really good if that's the case. That's pretty cool. But yeah, that's it for the news. Just, you know, uh, announcements are cool. Uh, sometimes it's just nice to get excited about things. There's plenty to get to be excited about, so... Yeah. So, now... Let's talk about anime. Anime's coming out in spring, still. They, uh, they renewed it for another season. 
And we're watching a surprising amount. Like, I think this is definitely the most that you've decided that you're going to watch straight off since you joined the show, Zane. Yes, that is extremely true. This is my curse. (laughs) And that's not even discussing the shows that are carrying over from next season. Yeah. So, yeah, let's start there. Let's start with our leftover shows. And what better way to start off than easily one of the discussed shows from last season, Darling in the Franks. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) That's my opinion on the show, too, but you're still watching it, so I want to hear what you have to say a little bit. Uh, This, well, this show... (laughs) Okay, I will get definitely get into this more in our uh, in our review episode, but Darling in the Franks is sometimes a frustrating show to watch and sometimes a really enjoyable show to watch now that our protagonist has actually gotten in the robot. Uh, because, like, the first couple of episodes made it seem like, oh, this is going to be your standard uh, robot anime where, oh, the boy and the girl fight in the robot together, except it's also horny. But after Hero got in the robot, it seems to be going in a direction of hey, this society that these kids live in is actually pretty messed up, and also relationships are extremely messy, and that's really good and interesting, but then it's horny, and... (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, uh... (laughs) Um, so, like, is there, like, a a through-line for what you see the second core to be? I mean, right now it seems to be giving character spotlights to, like, all the different non-hero and zero two characters and getting to see what makes them tick but also getting more of a view about how messed up this society is and all that and i think it's going to keep going into that and it's probably going to lead to these kids rebelling against this society because it's so messed up and all that but i'm i'm curious as to seeing where this is going to be going okay so you're still looking forward to it even if it is uh frustrating yeah, I I like the show, but it's completely unrecommendable. <laughs> and we'll talk about that later. But yeah. Yep. Um I'm still watching Card Captor Sakura Clear Card Arc and like right now it's very enjoyable because it's very it feels like in some ways Card Captor Sakura never ended. It it feels like it captures sort of the the feeling of the original and sort of a lot of the structure of it uh, very well, in that it, it it's kind of just the same sort of adventures, same sort of characters, like, nothing feels like it's missed a beat, and really the only thing tying it to, like, 2018 in terms of it is, like, the quality and the fact that they all inexplicably have, like, laptops and smartphones, but, like, whatever. <laughs> Not a big deal. But the thing is, like, this first core, like, Last episode, which at this point would be episode 11, so the halfway point for the series, is like the first time we have a definitive look at our villain, more or less, or our antagonist. And like, it's been a nice uh, 11 episodes so far, but like, they've continually sort of like, tried to build up tension about later on and then pulled it back. So now that we finally have sort of like, at least a definitive information on what's going forward. I, I'm looking forward more to the, the second half of the series. But it's it's very fun, and I, I really like it. 
nice. I'm glad to hear that it's actually been pretty good because a lot of people were looking forward to this. Yeah, and I know that like Clamp as a group have sort of been hit or miss uh, lately and sort of like with different fans, but I think Cardcaptor Sakura fans are definitely going to be into this because it it feels so much like that older series in a way that is very charming and comfortable. <laughs> that's good. I, I think that's that's pretty important that it managed to recapture what made it good like 20 years ago. Yeah, totally. Um, speaking of things that sort of came back, this isn't quite the same, but um, tell me about how Record of Grand Crest War is going so far. It's honestly a pretty charming show at times. It's uh, For those who don't know, Record of Grand Crest War is by the same author as uh, an old fantasy show called Record of Lodos War, and it's very much the same sort of thing of being just a generic, pretty solid uh, fantasy anime about uh, basically a war between these two massive powers to to combine the these crests that they both have to basically be the one dominant ruler of the country. But it's also been surprisingly, I don't know, refreshing in cases like the the main protagonist, Theo, and the other main protagonist, Silica, have already confessed their love for each other. And we are less than halfway through the show. And that's pretty cool, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, it's nice that, you know, they don't drag things out all the time. Yeah, for sure. How so I haven't really been paying attention to Record of Grand Cast War. Is it like trying to ape sort of that 90s? style or is it very much more in the vein of like modern anime it looks more like a modern anime but like all the plot beats and the 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 way it tells its story definitely feels like a 90s anime like it's also pretty interesting because it kind of goes into the depths of like the tactics that everybody uses and the the political nonsense that's going on it it doesn't feel like it's losing any sort of depth for that to focus on the the character arcs that are going on throughout the show and i think it's a, it's a pretty solid show for that you know that sort of thing all right that's cool cool and and just going forward does it seem like it's more of the same or is there like a so like a, a head that they're trying to reach or um well it definitely reached a climax at the end of the season, at the end of the first season, because uh, this week was a recap episode. The last week, last week was the last episode of season one. And it feels like it's reached ahead, and the second season is going to be about our protagonists kind of turning the tables on, uh, on this situation. Okay, cool. And then the last leftover, leftover forever, is Yu-Gi-Oh! Reigns. Oh, Reigns. And, like, I've been really on and off, depending on the week, about Vrains right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it's reached a climax, the climax is exciting, it's, it's definitely got a lot of tension to it, but, like, how they got there, mmm, I... It's very lame. It's, yeah, it is... And I'll talk about this more in the review, but the, the writer, Shin Yoshida, also wrote um, Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexel, and while I had my concerns about it at the start, I think those are popping up more as sort of like, Yu-Gi-Oh! Reigns is way more interested in its story than its characters. Mmm. <laughs> because I'll, 
it's really just, here is the main character, and here are their friends. Like, there's not like, um, there's not like a balancing of the, these groups. So it's a little frustrating in that way, but like, we're pretty much at the end of the season. Like, I assume by the time we record our review, the, the current arc will be over. Are Aoi and Go and Yusaku really friends at this point? Mmm, you're right. Hmm. And that's also an issue. But, like, I do expect that we're reaching the end of an arc here, which means that maybe by the next show, we're going to be looking at a new story, maybe a new chance to sort of revitalize the characters who have been pushed to the wayside with this, uh, with this arc. And so maybe it'll, it'll redirect. I'm still having fun with it. Like, the, the duels are certainly dramatic and dynamic in a way that's fun. But yeah, it's definitely like, it's got some character stuff that I'm not really into. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm hoping that sees that the second big story arc is going to have a chance to like, give these, the, our four central characters a chance to know each other and, bounce off of each other more than, like, once, maybe. <laughs> right. And that's all of the, the leftover stuff we're getting into, and now it's time for the meat. These are our very interested shows. These are the ones that we are more or less dead set on seeing through from the beginning. Or at least, you know, the, the most excited to give a chance to. And yep. to start off, what better way than My Hero Academia third season. Woohoo! So both of us are watching this, and it is a continuation of My Hero Academia, the uh, the beloved anime and manga franchise. Yeah, it's pretty dang popular. Yeah, and it seems like a lot of people are very excited for what this season would cover. Yeah, manga readers like myself know exactly what's coming and are very excited to see this, the next few bits animated, played out with all the the, the quality, voice acting, music, scene direction, etc. that we've come to see from the past seasons. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're doing a great job over there at, uh, at Studio Bones in terms of that. Like, there's a, there's a lot of good flash to it. For sure. And this is another two-core um, outing, kind of like the second season, so uh, plenty of space to, to fill in whatever arcs may be coming for us. Yeah, I'm just kind of excited for more My Hero Academia. It's a lot of, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, it, that's definitely why I'm keep, I keep on reading it and watching it. It's, it's a lot of fun to, to see things. Yeah, and I, it's, I hope it continues to balance its cast well, because I think that's sort of the biggest thing about it, right, is that it has such a big cast, and that it's not always about Deku, even if at, like, at the end it's always about Deku. There's a, a, an attention given to everyone else. Yeah, and for the arcs it's covering, uh, they definitely do spawn, shine some spotlight on other characters, and sometimes characters who need it. Alright, cool. It's great to hear. Uh, then we have, uh, I guess this was a split core, so we're coming back for Food Wars, the third plate, part two. That's right. It's, it's more of the same, and it's got more plot, and this arc is... Our protagonists have to face the trials that the evil food organization Central has uh, come up <laughs> with to to make them uh, to make them fail out of the school. 
but uh, there's there's an important rematch coming up, and stakes are raised, and all of that. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it all animated and better paced than the manga has been. That sounds really cool. <laughs> it is in cases. Okay, yeah. I, look, there's just something about like a bunch of people cooking, and then suddenly there's an evil food organization that like uh, really gets me. <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of what a lot of people thought when that happened in the manga. It just sort of happened, and the tone suddenly shifted, and it's... (laughs) uh, Some people like it, some people don't. I'm just enjoying the ride. Mm, Sure. Um, Then we have an adaptation of Golden Kamui, which is coming out. Um, Golden Kamui being a pretty popular series. Like, I feel like I've heard a lot more about it. Like, since it got released and since it got uh, an official English release. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty good. And Golden Kamui is sort of like a a period piece about, um, I don't remember exactly when it is, but I think it's like the the Russo-Japanese War? It's it's a little bit after that, it seems. Yeah, and follows uh, the story of Sugimoto, who was a soldier who... After um, a lot of trials and tribulations that spawn from this war, goes out to seek uh, riches in a gold rush. Yes, and basically a race to get this secret Ainu gold that he has to basically follow a treasure map to find. And he has this Ainu girl accompanying her, and it's about the journey that the two of them take to get this lost hidden fortune. Yeah, and I really like the the art style of the manga, and it seems like that's carried over pretty well for the anime, for the, the bits I've seen. Really? That's cool. Yeah, it's, it seems like it is, and, like, it's definitely got it's definitely got a style to it that is cool. Like, it's not exactly like other anime. Like, the you can tell from the way that they structure the faces a lot of, like, square-jawed men and such. But yeah, it seems like it could be cool. I'm looking forward to it. Um, who's the studio behind this? This is um, Gino Studio. This is X-Manglobe. So, oh, nice. That could be neat. Manglobe, Manglobe, when they had money, had a lot of style to them. So I think that they could do good with this. Thank you, Reborn Manglobe. <laughs> then we have probably one of the most, I feel like this of all of them is probably the most talked about thing yeah, that's coming out. It, it's definitely the most anticipated thing. Uh, Legend of the Galactic Heroes, the new thesis, Encounter which is the first part of a longer series that is a reanimation of The Legend of the Galactic Heroes. Which is a very old OVA series. Um, I think it's like 108 OVA episodes. Yeah, it's ridiculously long. And it took like 10 years to come out, and like, while it has suddenly become more accessible by the streaming release on High Dive of it, the the fact that we're going to be getting like a high quality new version that seems like it's it's going to be paced more for you know like the average anime viewer at this point is like really enticing, right? Like it no longer feels so unapproachable at a 108 or whatever episodes yeah yeah for sure that's that's kind of why i want to jump in because it because 12 episodes is a lot less intimidating than 108 yeah for sure i'm pretty excited because again a lot of people talk about this as sort of like the 
best space opera or like, you know, kind of like dramatic series that that anime has produced. So you also haven't seen the original? Right. I don't really have a, a sense of that. So yeah, I'm I'm excited to see it, and I think this first bit is just like a single core, like twelve episodes. I don't know how the the, the stories are structured, but yeah, it's going to be cool. I'm I'm really excited to finally kind of see what the hype is about, and I hope that production IEG can do it justice, which I assume they can. They've been talking about this for years now, so I assume that they're well ahead of the curve in terms of production. Nice, nice. Yeah. Then next up, um, we have Lupin the Third. Part five, which pretty cool. Like the fact that Lupin the Third has, I, I guess, become big again. Pretty cool. Extremely. So, uh, following up on Lupin the Third Part Four, which was very popular and took place um, in Italy, we are returning to France, the origin of the original uh, great thief Lupin, on which Lupin the Third is based. And so he's he's donned a monocle for it, and I don't know, like. It it seems like it's definitely going the sort of, like, headier story place, like sort of part four did, where it's sort of, like, kind of, like, intrigue and espionage sort of thing that connects all the episodes together at the end. And he's got, like, a hacker friend now? He's got, like, a hacker girl who works with him. That could be cool. Yeah, I remember the uh, the other girl that they added in in part four was a, a pretty fun character. Yeah, so it, should, it could be cool. And, like, it's still got the same sort of style to it and everything. and. Uh, we definitely talked about this before when it was announced. A serious competition is being done by the guy behind Code Geass and, like, <laughs> Cobinary of the Iron Fortress and Princess Principal. So, like, who knows what could happen with Lupin at this point? Anything could happen. I mean, considering how Part 4 ended, anything could happen. <laughs> Literally anything. And I think the, the director's coming back from Part 4, so that should still be consistent. It's cool. I'm excited for more Lupin. Lupin's cool. Yeah, same here. I'm I'm stoked for this. Yeah, there's nothing quite like the sort of pulpy action of Lupin and uh, having it in a, a modern thing that's kind of separated from sort of like earlier sort of like sexes and stuff. This is cool. I, Lupin the Third is great. I'm excited for more fun crime time. Mm-hmm. Then we have a pretty long series, actually. Uh, Leighton Mystery Detective Agency, Cat's Mystery Solving Files which is based on the the Professor Layton series, specifically the newest game uh, based around his daughter, Kat. Yes, this is this follows Catriel Layton, her assistant Ernest Greaves, and a talking dog named Cheryl O.C. Gnomes, which, yes, does- That's cool. Yes, Kat <laughs> named him. Kat named the dog. And, Kat's uh, so cool. <laughs> yeah, she I'm is. already like, well, I'm really into Kat already. <laughs> Kat is a fun goofball. <laughs> So, I have actually played uh, the newest Leighton game, Leighton's Mystery Journey, Catriel and the Millionaire's Conspiracy, and that game has a very different sort of vibe from the rest of the Leighton series. It's it's closest to Six, which was mainly a series of self-contained adventures with, like, plot at the beginning and end. Well, this is... The game was more like a slice-of-life detective story as a Leighton game, and I feel like that's going to work a lot better in anime format. Yeah, I think that makes more sense because it's a lot more about solving, like, mysteries within, like, an episode or two, rather than something where it's, like, solving puzzles to get to a mystery to tell a story like a lot of the other Leighton stuff is. Yeah, and- Like, if, the, if they're doing a direct adaptation of a game, like, from what I understand, this is the one most suited for it. 
it's definitely not going to be a direct adaptation of the game. This seems like it's going to be doing its own thing. But with the, the setting that it the game provides. Yes, I'm I'm okay. curious if the, the anime will actually follow up on the many questions that the game does not bother to answer because the game uh, teases you that there's going to be an actual plot in it when there really isn't. It, the true case is Catriel trying to figure out who her dad fucked. <laughs> Everyone needs to know. But yeah, I, I'm excited for it. Like the 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 preview video that they put out looks pretty good. Like it it, it catches the style really well. I feel like level five's anime have already always done that well. So yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty excited what they're gonna do with like mystery solving and sort of that latent style. And if we get a dub, will they get, you know, the 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 English dub that they've had for like the games and stuff? Oh man, that would be wild. Get the accents and everything. I I feel like that's really the only way to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm I'm curious to see where this is going to go. Yeah, it's like 50 episodes already announced, so like we're in it for the long haul. But yeah, it should be fun. I hope so. Uh then we have Gundam Build Divers, which is the spiritual successor to the Gundam Build Fighters series which eschews the Gundam uh, melodrama and like you know space politics to instead tell a story about kids who want to play uh, Gundam, <laughs> just want to play with their gunpla and uh, fight with them. Yeah, yeah. I I heard that the second series, uh, Gundam Build Fighters Try, was not very good. But I'm hoping that considering that this doesn't seem to be related to Guilt Build Fighters, that it manages to you know have its own good continuity and be good on its own. Yeah, I never saw uh, the second season, but the the first season of Gundam Build Fighters was, like, really good. Like, I think it did a great job sort of blending sort of, like, the the more childish, like, love of gunpla aspect to it, and then still giving it sort of, like, a serious kind of, like, children's anime story, as it were. And this one seems a little more, like, VR-ish, where it's sort of, like, they have avatars that they play, uh, that they do gunpla fights in. Maybe a little more like a Gundam versus kind of thing, but they still have to build the stuff. But yeah, it could be cool. Um, that it looks really good. Like I really like all of the character designs and stuff that they've they've shown. So I'm looking forward to it. Same here. If if they are actually quote unquote piloting the gunpla, then this is going to be a very silly show. Hell yeah! They 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 had some great gunpla certainly in the first season of Build Fighters. So I'm excited to see what they can do with it now. And if they introduce another character who tries to hit on people uh, with Gunpla, great moment of Build Fighters. Because <laughs> it's, it's sort of like any of those series where there is a hyperfixation around the world about this thing. So it's, it's like kind of charming in the way that it's sort of like, yeah, the entire world sort of revolves around this. In the same way, like, Yu-Gi-Oh!'s entire world revolves around this card game. So it's fun. Now, this one you put on, and I hadn't really heard anything about uh this is hinamatsuri so tell me about that zane uh hinamatsuri is a comedy manga that focuses on a superpowered girl named hina and a member of the yakuza named nita and it's apparently about their wacky ass misadventures and i've heard from a couple folks that this is actually that the manga is extremely funny and that the the trailer seems to have captured that same sense of humor that the manga has and i'm i'm kind of curious about it because i'm always down for like 
good super-powered comedy shenanigans and something, you know, lighthearted and stuff like that. Sure, and I, it does look very cute. Like, I like the the character designs for that. Like, it definitely, like, builds a good way of, like, making the the male character stand out more against sort of, like, this younger this younger girl. And her hair is pretty cool. So I'll keep my eye on that if that's supposed to be a good comedy thing, yeah. Hmm. And uh, finally on this list, we have our um, most choice of this season, in that we are both deciding to watch Uma Musume Pretty Derby. There is no saving us. So, long-time listeners of the show, before we had this this feed, may remember that uh, for a while, like, one of the gimmicks of this podcast was that we would all watch, like, a bad show each season and just talk about an episode of it. But I moved away from that because it hurt. Like, it, in some ways, it's, like, not fun to do that. But Uma Musume looks like really fun garbage the best kind of garbage like there are so many parts of it that are just like they just feel so wild that i can't help but look at it so we have girls who are anthropomorphized versions of real japanese racing horses (laughs) who go to a school to become idols but they are also training as like race horses (laughs) at the same school and at least in the thing of the mobile game that they've announced, you do the racing so that your idol can win, so that your idol can then do a concert. So, like, it's... <laughs> so, like, it's... Every part of that, like, makes me excited just to watch to see what they do with that with the anime and what it's gonna look like. And, like, PA Works, if nothing else, produces some pretty good-looking shows, so I'm excited to see what they can do. We have Uma Musume, Pretty Derby, and we're all going to hell. (laughs) I'm taking all my money to the anime horse girl races. I'm going to bet it all on special week. Yeah, they are, they I believe are referred to as athlete idols, and they do have real horse ears and horse tails. (laughs) (laughs) It looks like this show is not going to answer the question of if they have two sets of ears, which I hope the answer is no, they don't. I mean, all of them have hair that would cover where their ears are, so I assume they don't. Thank God. Also, I'm putting 300 down on vodka. (laughs) God. Ah, horse racing names are great. They are. Like, Symboli Emperor Rudolph. Sorry, guys, this podcast is now just going to be 30 minutes of us reading the names of the, like, 80 characters in Uma Musume. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, this is... This looks like a lot of fun in a way that, like a quote-unquote bad anime doesn't tend to be, so I'm pretty excited to see what comes of it. I think the reason I'm excited about it is because it seems so earnest about it. (laughs) Weirdly earnest about these horse girls who are idols and athletes and race and sing. Yep. (laughs) I'll take it. Also, it's it's made by, like, Psy Games. This is the Grand Blue Fantasy people who are developing the game. Yes. Yes, it is. Oh, wild. Ah, oh, truly. Oh, beautiful. I think that's how they have the money to make every one of these girls have a unique VA. <laughs> right, which is true. That and cert- I don't know how many of those characters are going to show up in the show. I know that they announced that, like, here are, like, the ten main girls. 
that'll pop up in the series, but I wonder if they will still have unique VAs for all of them. I hope so. God, please. All right, and that's our, you know, very interested list. We're watching a lot of shows. Like, most of those shows both of us are watching, the only ones that Zane has against me are, like, Food Wars and Hinamatsuri, but at any point this could change. This this is a season of things that I'm really excited for. And even in the kind of interest that there's stuff where I'm, like, looking at it like, oh, maybe I... Maybe I'll just check out an episode of that or something. And the first one of that is uh, Tata Doesn't Fall in Love. Because, you know, sometimes I just... Sometimes I just want my heart to hurt. And so this is by the same team who worked on the romantic comedy series um, Nozaki-kun. But it seems like they're taking this particular series in a more serious direction in terms of actually trying to pay off on any of the romance stuff. It's sort of a, a, a star-crossed lovers kind of story, and I'm I'm interested in it. Like, I think the art style looks very nice, and I, I'm interested to see what it could do. I I like a good romance story, and sometimes uh, I'll check one out, and this one is this season's for me. Hey. Then we have Amanchu Advance, which is the second season of Amanchu, which I liked well enough when I first watched it, but just like with all the other stuff coming out, I'm sort of, like, a little less interested in that. Like, maybe if some other shows, like, fall through or I'm not as excited, maybe I'll pick this up. is a fun little story about a group of friends who sort of, like, and, like, shy characters who end up bonding over, um, like, deep-sea diving in a way that's, like, very visually interesting. Like, they put a lot of uh, good detail into that. So it is cool. It's just not, like, immediately on my to-watch list. I didn't know this was a diving anime. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, then we have Inazuma Eleven, Arius no Tenbin, which is the new Inazuma Eleven series, which is level five's soccer RPG franchise. Yep. And this is an alternate universe take on the original game, where sort of like the main characters of the original Inazuma Eleven series don't exist, I guess. But a lot of the same villains are appearing in this season, I think including all of the uh, Greek gods and goddesses who come down to play soccer with these children. And like, Inazuma Eleven's a lot of goofy fun, you know, like it, it definitely escalated in a way that's like, eventually they're kicking giant soccer balls into space to close up black holes because aliens are trying to take over. But like, I don't know, I like Inazuma 11, <laughs> and it, it'd be neat to see this, like, as it's airing, instead of sort of, like, having to find all the weird pirate sites to watch it, because it's, like, one of those things that doesn't really have the Western appeal to make it, like, available anywhere. There's always the weird dub, where everybody has different names and ridiculous <laughs> accents. Man. Ugh. They just don't make dubs like they used to. <laughs> <laughs> well, they make this dub like they used to. Uh, then we have, as another, like, alt-universe kind of thing, Sword Art Online Alternative Gun Gale Online. This is a spin-off light novel of Sword Art Online, written and drawn by the team behind Kino's Journey. Yeah, it it's not by the Sword Art Online author, which means it already has a much better chance of actually being good. I don't think it has anything to do with those 
characters either. Yeah, it just seems to be some uh, a separate sort of spinoff. Right, so it's about a, a tall girl who has trouble dealing with people in real life who joins Gungale Online uh, as like a short girl and gets pressured into joining a, a battle royale game. So a hundred animes drop from a plane. And it's some kind of like, they call it the Bullet of Bullets tournament, which I just assume is a battle royale thing. But like, or maybe like Hunger Games-y kind of thing. Do we know if uh, if it's the case of if you die in the game, you die in real life? Or is this just an actual battle royale tournament? I think it's just battle royale. I haven't heard anything to the tone of if you die in the game, you die for real. I think it's just about this character's growth as a person within the game. Okay, that's actually making me even more interested in it because it's not, there's no stakes. It's literally just character development, and that's good. Right. There's nothing saying ahead of time that there's something like that. So my assumption is there isn't, and there's a different twist, maybe. So yeah, we'll see. It could be cool. Yeah, I, I hope so. Oh, and also, this is being uh, animated by Studio 3 Hertz, which did Flip Flappers and uh, Princess Principal. Yeah, so if nothing else, it'll have a lot of, like, kinetic animation. Oh, I forgot, they also have um, a series coming out, like, an original project called Black Fox, which might be cool. It has a, a style oh, yeah. very much in, like, a similar vein to kind of, like, Persona 5, and sort of, like, the colors and sort of uh, the attitude it seems to have. Yeah, PV release today. I meant to go check that out. I, I guess I will after we, we record. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Then we have... Caligula, which is an Atlas game adaptation, which already maybe sets off some red flags. It's not an Atlas game. Is it not? I thought Atlas. I thought it was Atlas. No, it's Furyu. So Caligula is a game by Furyu, and it's a, it's basically about the uh, whole big cast of people that are basically imprisoned in virtual reality, and they're stuck living high school over and over and over again. And the main character and their group of friends figure out uh, that they're in this cyber high school prison, and they try to fight against the system to break out, and they form the Go Home Club to actually get out and go home. And the big draw of the game is that this was written by the writer for Persona 1 and 2, which are... Uh, okay. Yeah, at the very least, people think that Persona 2 is probably the best written of the Persona games, which is why a lot of people bought it, but the game turned out to be pretty crappy, so maybe that now that they don't have to, you know, have gameplay stuff involved in it, that uh, the writer can tell the story that they wanted to tell without gameplay bogging it down, and that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, from what I hear, the problem with the game is that it's just kind of empty, right? Like, it's, it's very, like, kind of lackluster. Yeah. And, like... Let's talk about the cool part. Um, the the villain of the series is basically Hatsune Miku. <laughs> yeah, I remember that too. That's right. Yep, it is a virtual idol who attains sentience and self-awareness and decides to force all of these teens to relive the, quote, most radiant time in a person's life. I don't think they're actually all teens. I think it's people of, like, their- Oh, you're right. They just revert, maybe. But yeah, yeah. so either way, Hatsune Miku- Traps a bunch of people in a <laughs> in virtual reality, and they have to fight their way out. Awesome. Yeah. 
yeah, I'm I'm pretty optimistic about it, honestly. I know, like, B-Cub did some, like, weird comics to advertise for uh, Caligula. <laughs> I think he's still doing it for the anime adaptation. They- B-Cub gets the weirdest jobs, and I don't get it. <laughs> I like it, but I don't get it. <laughs> Alright, now you need to answer for this one, because you're the one who put it up so high on the list. Um, here we have... Um, uh, butt Detective, a windbreaking victory dance. I just put this on there because it's a kid's show with a man whose face is a butt and he solves crimes. And I think that's funny because I'm a child. <laughs> I mean, it can't be worse than that show about the sentient fart, right? Like, Right. It, it's apparently based on like a picture book. Yeah, that that seems right from the uh, the pre image preview on Annie chart. I think maybe I saw Keita Takahashi, the creator of Katamari, talking about this. Like maybe one of his friends produced this. That sounds familiar. Like I know he works with people who make children's books and stuff, so maybe that's, that's weird. It's a weird idea to think about. That's hmm. Anyway, that's why I want to watch it because I'm five. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we already have no taste. We're already watching Uwa Musume, so... This is true. <laughs> I feel like we don't really have to answer for anything else. <laughs> so, uh, the next one here is one that I've heard some pretty decent buzz about, um, called uh, Piano Forest. Um, and it's d- being done by um, Gainax's like, second studio, um, Fukushima Gainax. I think this is the first series they're doing so that might be interesting to see how that turns out but it's a story about uh two boys who who play piano and sort of like they both come from wildly different upbringings and sort of like respect for for music and everything like they both perform like classical piano and it seems sort of like while these two may be at odds at start it's sort of like their their bond with playing the piano and music sort of like intertwines their lives and creates an, an interesting story between the two of them, which could be neat. I, I'm kind of holding off on to see what the, you know, the, the, the feeling on this adaptation is, but it seems like it might be cool. Like I think stories about music are some of the ones that get the most sort of benefit out of an anime adaptation because of that audio element to it. So it could be cool to see. I was going to say that brings up a good point that I hope they got a good uh, a good sound person to uh, to do that then. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, I don't know if they have a lot of... Um, I mean, they must have the staff announced at this point. But yeah, it, it'll be cool to see. And then the last one on here for the kind of interested is Megalobox, which is a spinoff side story to Ashita no Joe. And this is being done as a 50th anniversary project. Wow. Wow. Crazy to think it's that old. But so, um, I don't know if it really ties into Ashita no Joe as is, but the focus is on uh, a boxer named JD, who, in order to live, he uh, participates in underground boxing matches, specifically fixed boxing matches, so he ends up taking a lot of, you know, uh, losses to get money. and. One day when he enters the ring, he meets a certain person who sort of introduces him to, I think the uh, sport is also called Megalobox. And it's like them boxing, but they are just like given 
robotic enhancements. Like, they, they kind of get a robo-suit to fight with. Huh. And that seems kind of dope. Yeah, that does seem kind of cool. Like, it's, it's, it's like, kind of like arm gauntlets, it looks like. So, just all the, you know, all the stuff for boxing. So, and it's got a very, like, cool style to it that definitely, like, evokes sort of older series. So, I'm... I'm excited about the the prospect of it, so if I start hearing, like, some hype around it, I might pick this up. It looks cool. Oh, I hope it winds up being good, then, because I'm watching too many shows to pick up another one. <laughs> uh, next up, we have our Making Meme Nazis and things we're sort of paying attention to. They're sort of on our radar, but... You know, there there are other shows we may want to look into first. And the first one starting this off is Steins Gate Zero, which is not a prequel, I believe, but it is a sequel to Steins Gate proper. Uh, it's it's sort of a sequel and sort of not. It's it. If you have you watched Steins Gate? I, I I am familiar with the original Steins Gate, so I have some familiarity with the franchise. Alright, well, basically the best way to describe Steins Gate Zero is that uh, this is the series of events that take place in order for the game's true ending to happen. Okay. Huh. So it's like a lot of the bad future stuff that gets put in there. Um, I don't think it's necessarily the bad feud it's more of a personal sort of thing like this is what he does to actually save uh kurisu from her fate interesting okay that could be neat yeah but i've i've also heard that it's kind of an unnecessary sort of story to tell like we don't really need to know what uh, Okabe had to do to get a, to build a time machine without anybody discovering so that he could send that back to himself and save Kurisu. Sure, I get that. So it's it's world building, but not like maybe, you know, the, the most necessary or what maybe more fans would want. Yeah, but maybe the animation, can, the anime can make it, you know, not bad, but I'm, I'm going to wait on it before I actually start watching it. Yeah, that could be cool. I, I've heard decent things about the game it's based on, so maybe the anime will be cool. It's done by the same team, I think, and, like, Steinsgate is, like, a pretty good adaptation of a visual novel. Yeah. And, like, has has one of the better dubs, for sure, of, like, modern anime, so. Uh, I should go back and watch the dub. Oh, that reminds me. Uh, the Steinsgate Zero visual novel is gonna be coming to the U.S. Oh, they announced that? That's awesome. Yep. Okay, cool. That's pretty neat. Uh, then we have Persona 5, the animation, which, um, I mean, based off of that short that they produced, or like, I guess, like that OVA that they produced, um, leading up to Persona 5, the Daybreakers, like, that looked pretty good, but also, like, that wasn't on the same sort of timetable that a TV anime would be, so I'm hesitant about this because of Persona 4, the animation. I don't think you need to worry quite as much because they Persona 5, the animation, is having has a different director than the Persona 4 animes. Oh, okay. So that might be a, a big thing as well then. Okay. But yeah, I, it's, it's Persona 5, the animation, and while I'm curious as to how this is going to turn out, I'm a bit tired of Persona 5 discourse at this point. 
I mean, sure, that people talk about it a lot, but I don't know, like, the anime is also an opportunity to, like, I don't know, update things. Like, there's plenty of stuff that happens in P4A that doesn't happen in, you know, the, the actual game. So, this may be an opportunity to flesh out characters more, like, you know, change some stuff. So, who knows? Yeah, I hope that happens. Uh, again, it's another thing I'm I'm going to wait and listen for for what it's about. Yeah. Also, it'll be weird not having the dub, because the dub was pretty good. Uh, then there's Cardfight Vanguard, which is just a uh, wholesale, like, reimagination of the first season, instead of, like, continuing with their current series. And, like, I don't know, Cardfight Vanguard is, like, I-, I had trouble with it when I first started watching it, because it is, like, more or less just people playing card games. Like, there's nothing, at least, for the most part, there aren't a lot of things that tie it to sort of, like, supernatural stuff or, like, really um, kind of out there sort of plots. Like, Yu-Gi-Oh! goes balls deep into that, sort of, like, builds this VR world. These people are literally just playing cards. So it's a little, it was a little tough for me to get into to start, but, like, between this and their, like, Producing a mobile game sort of like in the Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Link style where it's sort of like teaching people how to play and kind of giving this new thing. I might give it a second chance. Like, I'm a sucker for card games and I love spending money. So maybe this Carvite Vanguard thing, I can finally like figure out what it's about. A friend of mine is watching Cardfight Vanguard and apparently... They say things with the same amount of spectacle that they do in, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! So it's a lot more entertaining to watch because they're still just as hammy, but there's no actual stakes. Right, sure. I I know, I remember from the first episode, it's like, when you play this card, imagine you're on an alien planet where this thing suddenly appears and then our two monsters fight. So, like, it definitely, like, plays still with a mythology, but it's just not, it's not the same level of spectacle. I mean, yeah, that's true that... But sometimes you just want to watch a goofy card anime that has no stakes. Right, that for sure. And, you know, maybe this this is my chance to get into this one. Uh, the next one up here is Hisane Tomasotan. And this is one you put on, and I... I'm kind of interested in it after seeing the PV, because, like, it looks, if nothing else, unique. Yeah, it does not have the art style you'd expect from the description at all. Yeah, do you want to discuss it real quick? Yeah, sure, just a sec. So, uh, Hisone Tomasa-san is about Hisone Akamatsu, who is a rookie of the self-defense force, and she's at basically an Air Force pilot, and she signed up for the Air Force because she's really careless with her words, and she has trouble connecting with people because of that, so she's here to like not have to be in contact with people as much. But the twist is that there's a dragon in this base, and she pilots this dragon fighter jet. And it's about the, you know, her relationship with this dragon and the people she works at at the base. And from the the preview image, it looks like there's going to be other dragons and dragon pilots. And these dragons seem to have some kind of importance to the world and such. But you really need to see the preview for this to understand why this is looks really interesting because the art style is a lot more cutesy than you'd expect for something with this sort of premise. Yeah, it's it's a little like sketchy in a way, like the lines aren't super well defined, but I think that benefits it. And it is very like cutesy, sort of like 
maybe a little like um last year's uh the dragon dentist kind of thing. But yeah, it's it's kind of cool that they're like, oh yeah, here's a here's a dragon that's decked out in basically like fighter plane gear. Yeah. And so yeah, it could it could tell an interesting story with that. And it looks like it's it's going like a little on the dramatic side, so you know, it might play with sort of like big emotional stuff, but it seems like it could be cool. It looks like a pretty decent like military story, whereas we don't get a lot of those in anime. It it specifically seems like a military character drama, which is even rarer. Mm-hmm. Only other thing I can rem- I can think of right now that ties the military is gate and <laughs> uh. yeah, it could be neat. It it looks very cute. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of curious about it, and it's it's one thing I'm definitely going to test out. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have speaking of cute, we have Cutie Honey Universe, which I think is another alternative adaptation of the Cutie Honey story. I don't think it's like a spinoff. And like after, so I guess like Gona Guy has gotten more popular. What with uh, Devilman Crybaby coming out. It seems like this would be something to watch out for as another one of sort of the big, long-lasting series that he created. And I think this is another 50th anniversary project, so... Jeez. It could be cool. Um, I know it's uh, very horny. That's like the big thing about Cutie Honey. Yeah, that's the one thing I know, too. But, I don't know, it might be cool. Um, you know, give it a fresh coat of paint, maybe something exciting will come out of it. But we'll see. Then we have um, Fist of the Blue Sky Regenesis, which is being done at Polygon Pictures, which is a little weird, so it's going to be all 3D, but very not in their style, um, because it it does try to replicate sort of the Fist of the North Star look, where um, Regenesis is a prequel to Fist of the North Star. Yeah. And it sort of focuses on Kintro's teacher, um, who originally created the um, the the style of martial arts that would then be used in um, Fist of the North Star, the one about hitting all of the uh, the pressure points. Yeah, I don't have a ton of connection to Fist of the North Star, as it were. Like I never really watched it, but. It's kind of cool, and maybe this is a starting point. I'm not sure how much it ties into the the original for the sake of, like, callbacks or anything. So maybe something to be, you know, to look into. It it seems pretty interesting, if nothing else, to sort of, like, force Polygon pictures out of sort of, like, their more comfortable style to create, you know, this Fist of the North Star kind of thing. It definitely looks more like the JoJo OPs, which makes sense because it's from the same sort of time frame. Yeah, so the same sort of beefy dude, same sort of like muscular art style. So yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I I hope the animation winds up being uh pretty good. Yeah, that you know, that's all we can hope. It seems like, you know, slowly but surely 3D animation is getting better. So if nothing else, this is another stepping stone. It's still finding its footing. Yeah. Uh, then we have, um, Puzzle and Dragon, just one of each, which is a, is a new Puzzles and Dragons anime, but unlike the original, which was sort of like, oh, what if the Puzzles and Dragons were real? This one looks like it is 
Puzzles and Dragons esports because it is based around a character named Taiga Akashi, who is an elementary school kid who wants to become a professional gamer. And he plays competitive Puzzles and Dragons. And that's all I know about it so far. So it's just like, what a weird thing. (laughs) Like, I'm interested to see what it does with that. But I know that like, the original Puzzles and Dragons anime, not so good, but this is a different direction in a way that could be charming. Because I think he still has, like, Puzzles and Dragons, like, friends. Like, he still has, like, an animal mascot buddy. But all the dragons, I think, are fake, so I will see. I just want to know if people will get disappointed by somebody doing a three match and people gasping and awing, or if this is actually going to do high-level esports stretch for Puzzles and Dragons. Uh, the preview drops, like, a 18 combo or something, so... I'm sure they're thinking about it, too. I mean, I don't know if that's actually impressive or not, because I haven't played Puzzles and Dragons myself. Eh, I don't know. As numbers get bigger, they're more impressive, so we'll see. I do know the numbers get ridiculous in Puzzles and Dragons. <laughs> yeah, eventually everything has, like, a million HP and stuff. So then, we have, um, the last one that's mine... Uh, this is another, like, romantic comedy sort of thing. This was sort of, like, I argued with this, or, um, Tata. And, like, this one is about, uh, three different couples who come from different sort of walks of life in terms of sort of, like, fandom. Like, they're all different sorts of otaku, and they, they fall in love with each other. And, like, the thing that sort of, like, made this less enticing to me is... I, th- I think just kind of the language they use, like, describing a character as a Fujoshi gets me a little concerned about how they're going to treat that particular character and stuff like that, so I'm a little more hesitant on this, but I, I like the art style and think it could still be fun, so I, I think I'll wait, like, an episode or two to see what people think about it before I, I give it my own shot. That sounds like a fair decision. And now, it's time... For the lightning round, the not interested list. It's long. It's long, but uh, I mean, I think it's about as long as any of the other ones we've done. So the first one here, we have Omai Wamada Gunma Wo Shiranai, which it's a comedy series based around like I, it seems like it's it's one of those things that's sort of based around the culture of uh, a Japanese prefecture and just talking about how great it is, so eh. Uh, We have Dance with the Dragons, which I feel like we've tried to talk about at least once on this um, podcast, and it got delayed. We did, and that did happen. But finally, it's coming out, and it still doesn't look that great. It's still just kind of like a fantasy, sci-fi kind of action thing. It looks nice, but that's kind of all it's got going for it for me. Yeah, same here. It doesn't seem like it's got any real thing to grab you in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Devil's Line, which is a vampire drama romance thing about a college student who's attacked by a vampire, saved by a vampire, and then they fall in love, but that's bad because vampires drink human blood. And, eh. It's Twilight! Mm, it doesn't seem quite as bad. I mean... I shouldn't say that. It seems like it's going for a very different tone from Twilight, but we'll see. It could fall into similar traps. You know? Who knows? I won't, because I won't watch it. 
Uh, then we have 3D Girlfriend, Real Girl, which is about an otaku who accidentally ends up in a relationship uh, with basically like the, the idol of his school and sort of the, the wacky hijinks that happen between a normal girl and this guy who's a, a 2D otaku. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then we have Creatures Family Days, which I think, again, we've talked about on this podcast before, or tried to, and it got cancelled. This is a manhwa adaptation about a kid who has to take care of his family after uh, a scientist couple gets um, arrested for uh, illegally modifying humans, and the wacky hijinks that ensue because all of these supernatural characters who live together. I think they're they're all family. It's it's their their parents experimented on them, and the the one boy didn't. And his name is Danis. What a good name. Yep. Uh, then we have Kakariu no Yadameshi, which is seems like sort of like a otome, otome kind game. of premise. It's not an otome game. It's a light novel, but it has that same sort of premise where it's like female college student goes to uh work at an inn where like spirits live and she falls in love with them that kind yeah. of thing so yeah there's an audience there but it's not me and then we have uh jushinki pandora which is like a a mecha sci-fi thing that kind of like kind of looks neat just because all of the mechs are so divorced from what you'd expect from general mech designs kind of like um heavy object from two or three years ago where it's sort of like they are more like versions of tanks than they are like human-shaped robo uh robots yeah they look more like armored cars than anything else so like that's kind of neat but eh, i'm not super big on mecha as is so then there's the scales of Nil Adamirari, the mysterious story of Taito, which is an Otome game, and it's like alternate history romance sort of thing where like, oh, the Taisho era lasted longer and this girl runs away or, you know, like this girl like escapes an arranged marriage and ends up falling into this group of five people who work for like a management bureau of some kind. And falls in love with them. I did not realize this was an Otome game adaptation. That would explain why the premise is so uh, convoluted. Right. Why, why it's so unnecessarily long for girl ends up with five dudes around her. Uh, then we have Comic Girls, which is about a group of four high school students who want to draw comics. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's that sort of thing. I mean... The the camping anime wound up being pretty good, I hear, so... Shrug? Yeah, so there's there's always an opportunity for shows like that to be good, but, like, it's definitely one of those things where it's, like, wait for impressions, because there's also plenty, like, um... Slow start that are sort of just, you know, middle of the road. Right. Then we have Butler's Chidasei Momotose Monogatari, which... Feels in a lot of ways like a response to Black Butler or like just f a follow up of that kind of thing. Though apparently it's an original series, so I don't know. But it's it's about uh, two guys who are very popular with the ladies, but also are supernatural like mercenaries. Yeah, it. Would you call this a magical boy show? 
Um, I guess sort of, but not, I mean, I guess it depends on how we define it, but it's, it's not magical boy, I think, in the same way as, say, like a cute high earth, cute high earth defense club. I think it's maybe just a little more sort of like supernatural action. Okay. Yeah. Then we have Rokuhodo uh, Yotsuiro Biori, which is a slice of life about four dudes who run a Japanese tea shop together. Again, slice of life sort of thing could be good, but, you know, I, I'm not willing to bite that bullet. Yeah, same here. Uh, then we have the 2018 adaptation of Captain Tsubasa, a very old and uh, well-regarded um, soccer series, which came out in 1981. So, wow, that's so it's been a while. Um, but yeah, Captain Tsubasa, pretty popular kind of older series about soccer. And this one looks pretty faithful. Like it, the art style that they're going for is very evocative of like the 80s anime style. Their heads are a lot more squished in. The noses are a lot smaller, things like that. So, like, it's definitely, like, putting a lot of attention to detail in terms of that. But, like, eh. Soccer's not my favorite sport, so. Then we have Graveyard Kitaru, which, as it turns out, like, I looked into this like, eh. But the more I looked into it, it's like, this series has been adapted into an anime once a decade since the 60s. That's wild. So Graveyard Kitaro came out in 1959. Uh, and then every decade since the 60s has gotten an anime adaptation. And this is just another one in the drop of that bucket. I know it's been getting a lot of um, negative attention because it's replacing Dragon Ball Super's spot in, uh, in broadcasting. Oh, really? Yeah, but I don't know. I mean... Honestly, what it it definitely looks its age, as it were, and like I mean that in like the best way possible. Like it seems like it's fun enough, but I'm just not really looking forward to it. Yeah, I I never heard of it before. Yeah, but I don't think it deserves the negative attention like it would get for replacing Dragon Ball Super. It's silly. That too. Then we have, then we have last period, uh, Awari Naki Rasen no Monogatari. Which is, it's based on a mobile game that's basically like Grand Blue for kids, because it's a lot more cutesy, has a lot more sort of like charming animal designs for its monsters and stuff. And it follows kind of a similar story. It's it's fine. It's fine. Oh no, don't get kids into mobages. That's terrifying. Yeah, it's a bad idea. Um, then we have, uh... Wakao Kami wa Shoga Kusei, and I'm sure everyone loves when I pronounce Japanese. Uh, this one's about a, a 12-year-old girl who ends up living with her grandmother after her parents die in an accident, and sort of uh, her training to become an innkeeper. It seems cute, but mm, eh. Eh. Then we have um, Gurazena, Gurazeni, which is, I thought this was a, related to a different baseball manga, but no, it's its own thing. But it's a it's a baseball manga about uh, a relief pitcher, and so he like basically uh, works such that his performance decides his salary. Then we have Space Battleship Tiramisu, which I think is a 
parody of Space Battle Yam- uh, Space Battleship Yamato, but I'm not positive. Uh, either way, it it follows sort of a similar structure. We're sort of like as uh, war breaks out in space, this the spaceship is sent out to sort of uh, be a beacon of hope for humanity in this space war. And I think it's supposed to be like a comedy parody thing, but I'm not positive. Either way, it's getting an anime adaptation by Gonzo, and it looks fine so far. Maybe it'll be all right. This is a short, right? Um, it's like half length. It's like 10 minutes, which okay. makes more sense if it is like a comedy sort of gag thing, which it seems to because all of the promo material is about space people like fighting and eating katsu. So like, I don't know, maybe it's a joke thing. I have no idea. The last original thing we have on here is Akakun and his girlfriend, which like, Eek's a little close to, I don't know, it seems kind of bad, because it's like, oh, this this boy is Sundere, and he has a normal girlfriend, and he's, like, kind of weird and mean and stalkerish towards her, but she thinks it's cute, which is like, ugh, I wish that we wouldn't romanticize that sort of behavior. But, like, um, we've had that previously with... Um, Momo Curry, that's the one. Uh, and then we have the sheer number of sequels coming out. So we'll blast through these because for the most part, it's just that we don't have the context with which to watch them. So uh, we have Major Second, which is a baseball thing. We have Ninja Girl and Samurai Master Third. Uh, Cute High Earth Defense Club Happy Kiss, which I think is a new set of protagonists in the same world. Uh, we have To Be Heroing. Um, Beyblade Burst, uh, Chozetsu, the sequel to Beyblade Burst God. <laughs> I'll never get over that title. It's good. And the Beyblades explode in this one. Yes. Then we have Aikatsu Friends. We have the sequel to Prepara, Kirato Prechan. Just like a whole different series, I guess, from it. Uh, Lost Storage, Conflated Wixos. Um, Tokyo Ghoul Re. Uh, Full Metal Panic, Invisible Victory, and Hozuki's Cool-Headedness 2, Part 2. Hmm. And finally, to, to follow it up, we have the, the poo-poo garbage list. This is stuff, and like, I don't know, it, <laughs> there's definitely more than there usually is, but, you know, that happens sometimes. First one on here is um, Magical Girl Sight, which... Um, from what I understand and from the little I've like looked into it is sort of like all of the worst traits of what people claim to be like uh, Madoka ripoffs. Uh. Sort of. And it takes a lot of like younger kids is sort of supposed to be a, a little more edgy in the way that it like, you know, handles this magical girl characters. I think like the first thing that happens is one of the magical girls like pushes another person into a train and they all use like weird fucked up guns. So like... Yeah, it's... Out the edge. Yeah. Mm. Then we have Magical Girl Boy, which... It could not be bad, but I think that it definitely seems to be leaning closer to poor taste than anything else. Kind of like the the flip of, like, gonna be the Twin Tails. Yeah, yeah. Which people think is funny in spite of sort of that, like, tastelessness. So I don't know how people are, how this is gonna turn out, but I don't, 
have particularly high hopes for it. I thought that Gonna Be the Twin Tail was... I heard it was very earnest about what it was... about what it was. I, I think that is true, which may also make it easier for people to go like, yeah, it's stupid, but, like, it admits it. Eh, I don't know. Uh, but, eh. Then we have uh, High School DXD Hero, which is, what, the fourth season? Somehow the fourth. Of High School DXD? Man, it's still going. Though, unlike last season, they did not advertise this with a commercial that's just the, the, the main voice actor singing about how much he loves dragon titties. <laughs> or whatever the fuck DXD is about. Demons. Demon boobies. Yep. Then we have Doreku, 23 Slaves, and Me, which is, it's one of those sort of like ho- psychological horror drama series that tries to play with sort of the, the idea of all these people in a game, and if they lose, they become slaves to the others. And I, I remember reading a little bit of this, and it's, it's about as exploitative as you may expect from a, a, an idea like that. And I think I've come to realize that well, at some point, like, schlocky sort of shock horror really spoke to me in a way. Not like that I thought it was, like, great or anything, or like, I really, like, thought it was great, but that it was exciting has really, like, stopped for me. And so stuff like this, at this point, is just like an eye roll and a look away kind of stuff. Just a groan. Yeah, like, in some ways, I've grown up, I guess. Then we have Love to Lie Angle which seems like sort of a like a horny all-girls dormitory sort of thing with high schoolers, which is like, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot, and it's bad. All of it's bad. <laughs> ah. Eh. It's a short series, but like it's by creators in packs, so it might get picked up since a number of their other stuff that they've done has already gotten through there. So, you know, we have to discuss it. It's probably going to come out. And then the last one is... um. Alice or Alice, which is a, about a pair of identical twins and their older brother who has a sister complex. Anyways, please moving toss this on. in the garbage. <laughs> yeah. uh, also a short series, but I get picked up, so uh, please stop. Please cut this out. Please. But. You know, that's the end of the season. That's all the shows that are coming out and that we think may get covered. And like, you know, we we always end this with the, the worst shows because we want to start out on the high note. But like, we had a lot of shows that we're really excited for. So this season seems pretty good. Yeah, I am. I cannot believe how many shows I'm planning on watching this season. And I am a bit worried if I can keep up with them all. <laughs> You and me, we may have to make sacrifices to watch the things that we really end up caring about. And of course, that's pretty derby first. Everything second. But <laughs> but yeah, like, it's just a lot of stuff. And like, even outside of the things that I've like committed to watching at least one episode of, it's a lot of like, oh, this looks pretty cool, actually. Like, things I may want to check out. So it's it's going to be a rough season. Like, I'm I'm really pumped for a lot of this stuff. And I'm excited to see, like, even the things I'm not watching, like, what comes out of them. So, I'm pretty pumped for spring. It's it's looking like a good season. Yeah, I'm I'm real excited for for all this. 
Yeah, and, like, not only on, like, you know, there's there's some original stuff in there, and there's also, like, plenty of adaptations. Like, it, it does a pretty good, uh, you know, full gambit uh, of different styles. And things that, like, could improve on their source material. Like, I know that a lot of people seem to prefer, like, original manga over anime in a lot of cases, because it's just, like, an adaptation. But, like, with Caligula, there's a real opportunity to to rise above its source material and do something really cool with the setting that they've put together. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I guess, you know, we're looking forward to it, and we'll see what happens. Should be a fun ride. Yeah. But before we go, uh, we have a couple questions that have been asked about uh, to us, and I think we should answer them. This first one comes in from Onlarin and asks, with shows such as The Dragon Dentist and Yuri on Ice getting their starts through the Japan Animator Expo, are there any others you would like to see full-length shows or movies of? And this is interesting because I think just recently they announced uh, a date for the uh, Gridman adaptation, which was uh, originally done for Japan Animator Expo by Trigger, and now they're doing a full adaptation of the Tokusatsu series that it's based off of. So that might be interesting i personally will definitely be watching that but uh it's been so long since one of the young those expos that i don't really know what i would pick yeah i'm gonna go look up a list right now and see because i i wasn't paying super hard it's just like oh yeah the japan anime so right the me 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 one and like i don't want anything to do with me 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 after that music video like that was enough it didn't need to be more it doesn't need to be more. Yeah, exactly. I guess they could get triggered to do something with sex and violence with mock speed. But like, I feel like the, the use of it in Space Patrol Luluco would kind of like, that's enough of that, right? Maybe that's not something that they're focused on. They've clearly got plenty on their plate going ahead with like Gridman and everything. Yeah. Then yeah, otherwise, I just, I don't think I remember a lot of them well enough to, to be able to say, oh yeah, I'd be really interested in seeing this come out, you know? I think the only thing I can think of was, like, that Cassette Girl short that looks pretty neat, and I don't know how- but I don't know how you would turn, like, a full ser- that into a full series. Oh right, Cassette Girl, that would be pretty cool. Wasn't that based on something old? I feel like that was originally something old. I don't know. Like, I think it might have been based on, like, Otaku no Video? I don't remember. Either way- there's probably something there. It's just been so long that I can't really think about it. And like, I feel like all of the big things from that ended up coming out anyways. That's true. Uh, then we have one coming in from future friend beyond the grave who says, if an anime asked you to commit a crime, would you do it? And like, mm, if it was Lupin, maybe. Cause then at least it would be like a cool crime. Like he'd be doing something really cool that I could watch while getting arrested. Because I would fail, for sure. There's no way I'm pulling off a crime. But, I don't know, if Lupin asked me, maybe. It depends on the crime. It 100% <laughs> depends on the crime. I think the, the only crime I'm willing to commit at this point for anime is watching Pretty Derpy. <laughs> <laughs> and then, the last one comes in from friend of the show, QB, who asks... Now that Girls Last Tour has broken the ice on anime dabbing, what will be the second anime to do a spicy dab, serious answers only? And so, I think for this, we should look at 
the shows from this season and decide for ourselves which of you think is the most has the most dab potential. I would dab. You dab? Well, no. no who would dab I. in an? Oh, I. I. Okay. Yes, I would one hundred percent dab to make sure everyone knows from Yu-Gi-Oh! Reigns. <laughs> yes, the character I from Yu-Gi-Oh! Reigns would one hundred percent do a dab. Oh, for sure. Now, will the writers ever put that in? No, because they're cowards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost scared that there's going to be even a meme in Lupin the Third Part Five since we're dealing with a hacker character. So maybe they'll dab. There could also be a dab in Uma Musume. God, that, no, that would be oh, that'd be the best dab. I think the the shows I think of for the most for dabbing would be kids shows, since I feel like they're the they would be the most receptive to that. I don't know if dabbing is a is a meme in Japan, but like I could see it in Gundam Build Divers. You know, I could see it in Puzzle and Dragon. I could see it in Butt Detective. Yep. But you like get like a six sixty nine combo in Puzzle and Dragon. He does the dab and he goes nice. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. There, there's so much dabbing potential now that we've broken the ice on that that I think it could go anywhere. You know, let the dabs free. That's what I'm saying. Free the dabs. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sending in questions. I love our fans and how much they take us seriously. <laughs> All right, but yeah, so uh, that's, I mean, that's the spring season. I can't think of much else I want to say. Like, it looks good. I'm excited for a lot of these shows, and I'm afraid that when we get to the review episode, we're, like, we're going to have watched, like, 20 shows (laughs) that Uh. we're going to talk about in some way, like, if things get dropped. And so it's a little terrifying for me, (laughs) because maybe we'll break the first four-hour podcast. Yeah, I'm worried about that myself. Mm, but we'll figure it out. We'll, we have time. We can figure this out. Yeah. But yeah. Um, until then, where can people find you on the internet, Zane? You can find me at Twitter at, at ZaneZero. At X-A-I-N-Z-E-R-O. I tweet about a lot of things I like, which is anime, video games, anime, video games, and also Fate Grand Order. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. <laughs> hey, you know, I think it is... At this point, the most popular Movage, so it's not like, like, you're just, you're following the trend. It's one of a few. Yeah. Uh, and you can find me at Chorpsaway, that's C-H-O-R-P-S-A-W-A-Y on Twitter. You can find me on YouTube at the channel Chorpsaway S-A. And, yeah, that's, I mean, that's my internet presence. And, of course, you can find this podcast at at Coco underscore Disaster. On Twitter, you can find us at CocoDisaster.com, where you'll be able to find the RSS feed, later find our latest episodes and our archives. You can find the side blog that I do with Friends of the Show QB for things that we don't end up discussing on the podcast, or that we find that we want to talk about more. And yeah, so that's us. And you know what? If you want to, you can leave a review for us. We're on like iTunes and Stitcher and google play and i check them a lot so like if someone just left a you know left a review that'd be make me happy but until next time when we discuss our favorite shows from winter 2018 and you know what i've been really enjoying winter 2018 in terms of anime there's a lot of good stuff a lot of things coming to a close and i'm happy to see and not because i'm like over it 
but because it's just nice to have like a you know a bookend to a story yeah same here i'm i'm excited to talk about winter and uh, all the cool animes that nobody's talking about yeah for sure and even the ones that people can't stop talking about love those too but until then i've been chorps away and i've been zane zero and this has been coco disaster sweet dreams <laughs> <laughs>